You've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go. Let's go. What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Oh, man, I've missed y'all. I've definitely missed y'all. I definitely, you know, I can't even apologize for the delay just because that's bullshit and I owe you all better. Um, definitely just been super, super busy. My mom's moving. I saw her last night. She's going to Arizona, supposed to be finally leaving all done tomorrow. Um, that's going to be difficult because they have a lot left, but she has some help over there. Um, some help stop breathing on her while they were over there. She has interesting friends. Um, definitely, you know, a lot of substance abuse over there and, Man, we love family. We love family. So thankful to just still have her in my life and the ability to see her. Um, she got to see her granddaughter yesterday, and the granddaughter loves her, so they just light up, and it's it's just it's a blast. But with that being said, I didn't get to make episodes, and man, I, I do miss y'all. I miss y'all. I miss y'all, and it just comes down, you know, just being thankful, super thankful for each and every one of you, especially those that stay around and support me because my schedule is everywhere, and I'm trying to fix that. I am possibly making some big changes in my life coming up. Not sure if it's going to happen, but I am taking a step in that direction and trying to line up an interview so I can, you know, line something else up. Cause right now I'm just spending too many hours on the road and I need to be more productive in another sense. I don't want to change because I really enjoy what I'm doing. With that being said, I've got some damn injuries, man. My left hand, I have a huge slice on my middle finger my right hand, my thumb nail is half black because it got smashed in. Well, not in, but smashed up against a piece of metal that was, you know, straight. And I ended up pulling on a wiring harness that was inside of a driver's side door because the door only opened six inches because these are parts vehicles that we can't even open the doors to like work and get parts out of because the people in charge parked them too close together. But we're not going to get into that. We're just going to keep on going. Ugh. Just want to, before I get too too far into anything, I do want to say, you know, RIP to, you know, cul-de-sac Rick, pretty Ricky. Um, man, we worked together for, you know, some time and definitely just that thought and just thinking, you know, because death is always around, especially over here. There's always death. You hear the gunshots like it's freaking Iraq sometimes. But, um, man, it, it's nuts. And I do, I do want to apologize for those in Iraq because I'm sure it was completely different. But like I said, there was a... The dude shot three police in two different, you know, back-to-back days out here, and he got killed right here on, you know, on baseline over here in the Dino, man. It's always going down. I don't even know how, like, national media that got. Probably not much. But, yeah, he got three cops in two days. That's that's pretty good shooting. We got to give him that. We got to give him that. We got to good shooting, bro. Good shooting, bro. But wrong people to shoot at, man. Wrong people to shoot at. But that's good damn shooting because you outshot three cops, basically, at that point. Um. With that being said, with that being said, I don't feel good even apologizing him, but hey, man, that's some good damn shooting because them motherfuckers, cops can shoot. Cops are trained to do this. And I know the first one, man, he pulled around the corner. He he went into an ambush situation. That was that was crazy. Um, But yeah, if y'all don't know, man, this is how the ghetto, man, the Dino, man, it's going down over here. I don't even know how much national attention it got. Probably not much because they don't want people even getting that type of like, that, that uh, what is it? The, you know, get the attention. Um. Damn, R.I.P. I just want to start with that. R.I.P. Pretty Ricky, man. You know we gonna miss, we miss you, dog. We miss you definitely. Miss you. Um, R.I.P. Homer and Mongoose. Um, they make me thankful every day when I wake up. It's very easy, especially with Homer. He was my 
you know, a friend of mine's dad, um, he wasn't always paralyzed or quadriplegic. He used to have, you know, all his senses used to be working. And one day he went to work at a mine and him and his boss were driving down to a site down in the mine. The truck ended up slipping off the side of it, tumbled down. He ended up paralyzed. And from that day forward, just talking with him, going over, you know, I used to go smoke with him and hold the pipe up to his mouth and light it and everything while he would smoke. And then you have to cough him. You have to push on his chest. And it was just life, just seeing how things go and talking with him. And I remember when he looked at me and he told me, like, I couldn't kill myself if I wanted to. And that was just, it was so deep and just talking with him. And there were days when he was super thankful, you know, thankful to see his son and still be able to be there. But there were days, you know, in the mentals when you're not so strong and I'd be there too. And his wife was there. His wife was cheating on him. He knew it, you know what I mean, low-key. But at the same time, he couldn't do anything about it. He knows that she has her physical desires, and she was still around him and supported him 100%. So it was a very interesting situation. Um, definitely, you know, I, I, I miss him. I learned so much from him. I can never give it back to him in that sense. Um, man, it's it's just miss that guy, man. RIP Homer, man, miss you. Uh, mongoose mongoose had a 69 mustang 428 cobra jet he lived with my mom and i when i was in high school at some point and i was going to san Bernardino high school um they were tough days man my mom would be out sanding furniture at like two or three in the morning just strung out she's on whatever she's on i'm over there you know i'm i'm selling pounds of weed in high school just you know i had a cool little native american buddy that i didn't never had a phone number, but he was next door to where I basically lived half of my life, like half the days and I would be slanging from. So I would be over there and he would just be home or not. And he would just come jumping over the fence like, yo, what's up? And we're like, oh, I've been waiting for to see you for like two weeks. Like, what's up? I got money for you. And I would get $200 a pound. And over there, it's, you know, $50 an ounce at, at school and stuff. I'm getting $200 for the pound. That's 16 ounces. So once I sold four of them, I had my money back and I had 12 more to, to go. So it was, it was making, it was, it was hand over fist. It was nice. But, um, with that being said, it was not, I mean, there was so many, there were so many issues that came up along the way. It sounds easy, but it is not. You have a whole lot of snitching, a whole lot of haters, a whole lot of just everything going on. And at that age, it's just learning, adapting and, Life in the ghetto. Um, with that being said, RIP Mongoose, man, just because he was always there and I learned a lot from him. Um, I remember when we were building ramps for him in the back so his wheelchair can get up and down and just just talking with him about perspective too. So just the ability to wake up in the morning, be healthy, and, and walk. And that's just a key, and we shouldn't take it for granted. So I know a lot of us are going through a lot of stuff, but just remember, uh, we have the ability, uh, you know, for most of us just to make things better. Um, just to be able to, you know, walk or move or just communicate and breathe, just all of it. So super thankful and RIP Homer, RIP Mongoose, RIP Pretty Ricky. You know what I mean? Just want to say, you know, love and appreciate each one of y'all. And I don't forget the things that y'all taught me in my life. With that being said, I could jump right into perspective because I was asked a, a Twitter question um, to win a book, a Gary V book. And I'm not one to win a book. I don't give a damn about winning the book. If I want a book, I'll go to a bookstore. I'll wait 10 years and grab it from a bookstore when it's used. Like those that know me know when me and my dog used to go on those road trips out to do my audio installs out in like Sacramento and stuff. All we would do is go to bookstores. We'd spend hours in the bookstore. Um, books, man. I love the books. But the Twitter question to win a book was name something nice that you've done. Now I don't like gloating, especially if you've done something nice, you're not supposed to go and brag about it, do all that stuff. Like I don't, 
I'm one of those firm believers that especially if you're doing something nice from your heart, from your heart, you don't even, you're going to get everything that you need just by doing it. Um, when you start throwing it out there and everything, it's kind of doing the extras. You know what I mean? Maybe you didn't do it from the heart. Maybe you did it for the gloat, the attention, the limelight. So with that being said, it asked me, name something nice you've done from me. And this is the funny part is I didn't get a single like, and I'm no, I know hundreds, probably thousands of people saw it. And I just posted the truth. Like, you want something funny? Like, or you want something that I've done? You know what I mean? I'm not here to impress anybody, but something nice that I did do. And that's back when I was super hungry, man. I mean, people don't understand. You could try to explain hungry to people, but when you haven't eaten for days and you don't have any money and there's nobody to call and like your stomach hurts and you're just willing to go out there and just run by people and grab their purse and just keep fucking running and hope that there's a couple of dollars in there so you can get something to eat is real deal, man. Is real deal. I can't explain it to y'all. If y'all haven't been there, then y'all can't understand it. It's only a, some, a figment of your imagination at that point because real hunger is something. Um, most people that will listen to this have never even gone a day without eating, let alone two or three. And then, you know, I, I never did drugs. So it was just I wanted to eat. It was just I didn't have anything. And everything I had, I invested into Coke. And I had, hadn't really learned how to flip that crack into enough to really make the Coke. And it was it was tough, man. It was Oh man, those were tough days in the beginning, but once I got rolling, man, I was I was I was paying rent, a registered runaway, you know what I mean? The family was looking for me, but I was just I was I was out there hustling. Um crazy life, crazy life. Love it, love it. But when it came to naming something nice, I just told him. One time I gave a lady a $20 bag of crack just cuz she was there with her baby in dirty ass diaper and she was bugging me with like 7 or 8 bucks. I think it was 7. And she was like, hey, da, 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 I got seven bucks. Da, da, let me get something. Da, da. And I'm like, what do you like? Go get some diapers. Your baby's over here. Just like, I remember big old afro and just a diaper was just full, basically falling off its butt. And I was like, what's wrong? Like, you need diapers. Like, what is wrong with you? She's like, ah, please, please. I need it. I was like, here, just take this. You know what I mean? And go, go get the baby some diaper and just get the hell up out of here. Like, get, what the, what are you doing? Like, get out of here. It was bad for me. It was bad for everything. And uh, I couldn't have her flipping out on right right outside, so I just had to send her on her way. But it was a nice thing that I did when I posted that. Nobody liked it. Nobody did it. Nobody understands. You know what I mean? You're selling your own little world. Like, you'll never understand what, like, needing to sell crack to make it because you can't legally work because you can't work because you're supposed to be going to school. So the school board told you, no, we're not going to give you any type of work permit because you're not going to school. And you're like, I'm not going to school because I've effed up so bad that I'm going to be here for three extra years. I'm not going to graduate till I'm 20 anyways. So I'm going to go ahead and get a head start. You know what I mean? At 16 and just start working. And they're like, nope. It was 15 and a half. But either way, they were like, nope. You know what I mean? Uh, Get your grades up and do all that. And then you can do it. It's like, I'm over this grade shit. Like they tied my hands. I literally couldn't work. And my mom needed help. So I I left. I got out of the Dino. My mom, I'm not really sure exactly what even happened to her at that point. Um, I moved, you know, I moved out. I believe she moved back in with a stepdad or something. I know she, you know, attempted to commit suicide shortly after. Um, and it was, those are those are dark days, very dark days. You know, I don't really talk about, but you want something nice, man. It's not about where the hell you come from or whatever. It, that's all on your narrow ass perspective. And the fact that I didn't get one like just shows like people don't even know. They don't even understand. Like everybody's, and it's not everybody, but most people have just grown up in such a fashion where, if I was to tell my story and just about, you know, dealing with CPS and having detectives come down and just all these things and like the things that have happened to me, like when I do, I was talking to my lady about it the other day and just the look she's giving me like, how, like, how did you do it? That's what she was. It's just, how did you? And it's like, you don't have a choice. You just keep pushing. And, uh, 
for people, you know, people are so stuck in their little bubble. They think they understand things. And that's one thing that I'm truly, and the reason why I wasn't in a hurry to say anything and make another podcast was like, I have to consume, I have to learn. And at the same time, I need to take these, you know, adventures to go find myself and just under, you know, recollect on what has happened so I can get a better perspective. I actually left my phone at home one of these days and just took off to work, just, you know, completely wireless. I recommend y'all try that, man. It was so nice not having to look for a notification, not worried about a phone call or a text message. I mean, it could all wait. When I get home, it'll be there. That's how it used to be, you know, growing up, especially with the uh, answer machines and things like that. When you get home, you had a, a home phone, and then when dial-up internet started and you know, my dad used to get mad because we were on the internet all day. Oh, man, it was crazy times, man. Crazy times and just perspective, man. I, I hope that everybody gets to work on their own. Um, I've definitely been working on mine 100% one, every day. You know what I mean? As I'm driving, I just, I don't listen to music, folks. I listen to just podcasts and just try to hear other perspectives and just consume, consume, consume. A lot of it's NFTs, but I haven't even been consuming much of the nft i apologize discord family man huge love to the discord family and all you know what i mean damn man i've been missing the nft world so much but i've just been grinding life has been taxing and i'm keeping up man i'm keeping up we just keep on pushing so once again appreciate everybody and it's not like i don't want to be here i mean i'm just i'm consuming man i'm consuming and just recollecting and just remembering you know just childhood was bitch man um definitely i don't know you know i don't think i've ever talked about my personal life but I definitely had my son uh, when him and when his mother and I split up is fuck 10 years ago now, 11 years ago. Uh, yeah, she ended up her, her dad was supposedly dying of cancer and had six months to live. And I was a POS and doing nothing and out, you know, doing armed robbery type things. And, um, she, her dad, she was like, my dad's passing. And I found out, you know, I found out that she was cheating on me at that, I, some point at the, around that time and uh, it was weird because before the baby was born my son uh she never went out she never partied and I was a partier I was out all the time but once my son was born um basically I was like I got a purpose now so I would stay at home and at that point she was like well I don't want to stay I, I want to go out and I'm like go out like you got friends like go out and next thing you know you know she's getting text messages in the middle of the night and texting back and Saved it under a friend's name, a, a girl's name, and it's all, and one day find the text, hey, baby, it's like, oh, this is what's going down. Like, I get it, I get it. So we split different ways, and my son went out of state. Uh, and then, yeah, when my son was out of state, some I know I've talked about it already, but, yeah, there was definitely some, some children murdered and all types of craziness going up there, some suicides and all types of things. CPS got involved, and... It was hell, man. There was nothing I can do. They basically told me, like, your son's going into foster care because you're in California and there's too much yellow tape is what they told me. I swear, I swear. Believe me, I loaded my AR. I was ready to go take them. Um, it was disgusting. The whole way that it played out, this free country of ours, is just it's absolute corruption, power. And I'm sure Washington wouldn't have got paid if they would have sent him out of the state. But, yeah, they put him in a foster home, even though his dad is solid foundation, working every day. They knew where to find me when the incident occurred, like, it was complete bullshit. Um, everything about this government is fucked up. I'll be the first person to say I'll never join the military because I'll never fight for these cowards that are willing to, you know, flex positions of government that were never meant to be governed, um, especially like even seatbelts. Just the fact that they think that they can give you a fucking fine for not wearing a seatbelt that puts absolutely nobody else in danger except for yourself. And they're going to be like, well, no, you owe us $400 for not wearing your seatbelt. 
You're not endangering a damn person. What are you going to do? Mess up their statistics? You know what I mean? Nobody cares about you. Like they don't care about you. They're, they're going to find the shit out of you. You know what I mean? They're going to take your time from you. Cause now you got to put time into making the money and then give it back to them. They don't care about you, man. If somebody's willing to take time from you. They're not, they can't sit here and say that it's for your safety. It's for their statistics. Um, fucking cowards. Along with other things, let's sell you a pack of cigarettes, but you, you got to wear your seatbelt. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, you guys are disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. The, uh, what is capitalism and just the corruption and just all of it behind it. We could go into that all day, but I want to jump back into where I've been lacking my time. And that's just the discords, man, the discord. I love discord. I love it. It reminds me of AOL back to the dial up days and just the NFT marketplace. With that being said, I haven't had any ETH to spend. You know what I mean? We broke over here. Not going to lie. Um, had payday, barely even making rent. If, if, if making rent, but we ain't going to go into that. Um, yeah, man, it was, it's been real, man. It's been real. Um, nfts i'm not you know i've been getting hit up a lot and i did get hit up and i i want to be accountable for what i've been doing and i'm not an art collector i do not collect art you know nfts based on the art i am not about that shit i do not believe as a lot of artists seem to believe that nfts is just like another canvas for them i do not believe that's the case i believe the nfts are supposed to be built on the blockchain um you know it's a utility Uh, that's my personal belief and that's in the future, that's what they're going to be used to represent, I believe. Um, you know what I mean? And all these pieces of art. I mean, nobody cares about your little art collection, especially if these artists don't blow up. And there's so many artists and everybody's just doing art, art, art. And I think the NFT, what drew me into the NFTs is Gary V and what his V friends represented. He just did the, oh, I forget what it was. It was a uh, gift goat. He just did the gift goats, I believe, this week. The packages are arriving at everybody's houses. I'm super anxious to see what he did for the gift goat. That's why I wanted to buy an NFT actually just to see, you know, the physical that comes with it and your ticket to VCon and all this. But these artists don't have that to offer in my in my perspective. And as an investor, because I'm not in NFTs to, for the damn community or for any of that, I've grown to love the community. But I, I'm not trying to be a fucking charity event. I'm not trying to give my money away and just like, to these different projects that are trying to start and be like, here, I'll support you as a donation. Like, no, no, no. Like, that's not why I got into NFTs. Um, it's definitely why I would like to be into NFTs. And I think a lot of us fall in love with the community, like on discord and just the groups. And we just all adapt to each other. But at the same time, we're not trying to invest in projects that are just going to hit the floor. It hurts. I see it in the discord. I see the little disputes when people are like, yo, the floor is dropping. Let's do something. And people are like, Oh, we're working on something. We're always working on something, but it's like, no, we need to bring this up. Like, our investments is dropping to zero and the people that can do something, we're not doing anything, but behind the curtains, people are doing things hopefully. So it, like I said, I, I just try to buy into people that I believe in like Gary V or I would even buy into board ape just because they have that track record or even Adam bomb. And you know, these big guys that honestly, I couldn't afford it when I first got in and I wasn't smart enough to just save up until I could afford it. That's what I should be doing. And I buy little things. I started buying a bunch of lemmings just because mostly the art. And then once I got in, started loving the community. I started buying more, buying more. I'm definitely a huge part of them now. I love the lemmings NFT, but this is exactly where I'm coming. You know, that one's crashing as well. I saw some frustration in there. Um, but behind the scenes, they're working to bring it back up. There's huge things going on in just NFTs in general. Um, my Borgar family, Borgar, they've been making some huge decisions over there because they opened up for minting, but they opened up at, one soul, that's about, I think it was like 250 260 And then um, 
they had 10,000 pieces, but they're following, you know, once they started minting, you know, they didn't sell anywhere close to even a, a thousand. So they had to re, you know, adjust and that's what it's all about. And they adjusted and they dropped the price in half. And if you minted, you could either get, you know, reimbursed or you can get a second one um, to make up the price difference, which everybody I believe chose a second one which is beautiful. I thought that was awesome community and just everything that they did there was dope. And they cut the quantity in half. So they're down to 5,000. So they limited the seat and they're saying, welcome aboard if you jump on. So I do love watching what's going on. But even with that being said, a lot of people see past the art because people know that the art's dope. It's easy to make, you know, dope art. There's so many dope artists out there. If that's what I was buying into, I would never know like when to be done. Um, I could buy it all day because there's plenty of art out there. Oh, man, the homie homie just hit me up. It's 6.30 in the morning, man. Happy Friday to everybody. I don't even know if I said that. Um, 6.30, he's already, I know he was waiting. Like, at 6.30, I could hit him. I already know. Um, damn, everything blowing up. Everything blowing up. All right. Yeah, man, it's going down. It's time to wake up, world. It's time to wake up. Um, I hear the uh, rooster outside. I definitely have a rooster next door. He's out there cockadooing, and it's going down. Accountability is why I did want to talk about the NFTs, because I know I have said that before about not being in a art collector and a lot of it um my accountability is what i post online and on my twitter and on you know what is posted through the team and i I only say the team right now because it is just me and i at this point but i always have room aboard this ship i'm never gonna be you know driving it myself so it's open you know it's open if if somebody in the future if i end up working with somebody i do want to it's a team thing just a one-man team at this point um accountability anything posted there i I take full responsibility for, you know what I mean? Unless I get hacked. But at this point, um, it's just accountability. And the projects that I do post are not, are not the most utility, you know, rich projects. I would not call them. They're no way sense. They're no financial advice, folks. You know, don't be stupid. I'm definitely not a financial guru. I live in the damn ghetto. So don't come to me if you're trying to make money. I can tell you and I can teach you how to lose that motherfucker. I can teach you how to lose money all day, folks. Um, but no, I definitely make some money on the side and things like that. I definitely do a little bit of flipping. But NFT world, I've never made a damn penny just because I've never sold one. Um, I've bought, you know, I've got like almost 30 now or something, but I've never sold one yet. So when it comes to selling NFTs and making money on it, that's not my place. Um, it's same with sports cards and everything like that. I'm, I'm more of a collector than a seller. I'm hoping one day um, that'll change and maybe I'll just collect until my son can sell or somebody else can sell. And we'll see from there accountability for what I post is just a lot of these teams. And if I do post um, an NFT project that does not have utility at this point, it is most likely due to the fact and not all the time, but this is probably because behind the curtain, I got my head back there and I'm looking around and I can see that these teams are focused on changing and focused on success. So they are willing to change, adapt and do whatever the situation requires in order to achieve what the community wants. And I think, I think that's really cool. And that's why I do support those guys because at any point, all these, those teams are willing to support me. And I know they are, and it's just love. The NFT community has a lot of love. I do see some hate, you know, here and there, especially among other projects. A lot of people are hating on Mechaverse and stuff, but it's, there's definitely hate in the building, but there's a lot of love also. A lot of people willing to share knowledge, which is beautiful. And that's basically when I, when I post a project, I'm not telling you to buy into that damn thing. Most of these guys are just people that I would actually consider like a a friend, an online friend. Most of these people I say good morning to, say good night to, 
And I'm in their Discord seeing what they're doing. We're always coming up with little ideas. They're always, you know, I'll throw an idea out there and they just like, oh, I like that, you know, throw more ideas. And I'm like, damn, you know, I got 20 other things I'm thinking about and I got one idea for each of them. So I threw my one idea, like, give me, give me some time, give me some time. With that being said, man, weed NFTs, they're fucking everywhere. I do, do not get it. I'm not into the weed NFTs. I was never into weed socks, even when I was, you know, 13 years old and I was selling weed, all selling pounds of weed, like, I never wore weed hats. I never wore the weed sweaters. I never wore the weed socks. I never thought weed was cool. I thought weed was a tool. Um, in our society, out, at least out here in America, weed is definitely like more of a tool. And then at some point when we started doing the robberies and everything, we just started, you know, life got crazy. We started buying guns and just hitting the next level. You know what I mean? Weed became more of like, I want to say more of a necessity. It was like an escape for me because I'm not one to really get drunk too much. Only if I'm socializing out with, you know, the club or something, dancing around, acting a fool. Like, I'll drink. I, I love having fun. But for the most part, I'd rather just, especially growing up, I'd just smoke and chill. You know what I mean? Go out, plot something. How we What are we going to rob? What are we going to do? You know what I mean? What drug dealers, what, what drugs can we sell and pick up where and sell here and make this much and trying to figure things out, man. I was definitely more... Along that line, I was definitely a smoker, not a drinker growing up, and I was never into the weed shit. I was never into, like, this is cool, this is cool. Um, Like, the Chronic album, just, like, everybody would, like, glorify weed, and I never thought it was that point. I see a lot of it in the NFT world. Everybody's like, weed this, weed that. I do see stoner cats and things like that. I am going to buy a stoner cat, so I'm not talking shit on them, but I do just think it's an interesting perspective when you start looking in and want to announce that you're, like, a weed NFT because a lot of people don't smoke weed. And if a lot of people don't smoke weed, then you've lost, let's say 50% of people in the NFT space smoke weed, probably more. But how much, how many of them really want like some weed art shit? Let's say 50%. You've already lost 50% of your audience just from the drop. And it's like, people don't want the weed shit. So I've always been interested and just seen it. And it's like, man, like when I think of, so when we go back to, I'm not trying to buy art. I'm trying to buy into more of like businesses, like stocks, NFTs. I'm buying them. And I believe like if I bought the Gary V one, I believe Gary V is going to blow that thing to the moon. So I believe that it's an investment. You know what I mean? I'm not in here trying to have a damn charity event. These are not charity donations at all. These I'm trying to make investments is what I'm, I'm attempting to do and hoping to do and hoping to learn. You know what I mean? That's, that's my whole thing. The weed NFTs are weird because I'm not going to invest in that, especially when I know most of the people around me anyways, and this is in the ghetto, but most of the people that smoke weed are not, they're not the, the successful ones. And maybe the successful people do, but they're not the ones out there wearing a weed hat. You know what I mean? So there's no point. It doesn't tie up to success to me. In my personal opinion, I think that it's actually a bad move. I think that it actually minimizes your fan base. They got to be into weed shit. And that, automatically I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not into it. I'm not into the weed shit. Um, I think that that all comes back to, you know, it just changed, man. Change, and that's one thing that hasn't changed over time, but I do want to talk about change and just that uh, it's it's crazy because I'm, I'm proud of who I am today. It takes a lot to say that, and just because I, I understand that I am a piece of shit and I'm one of the biggest pieces of shits, like, on this planet that has been here. Like I said, I've done purse snatchings. I've definitely done a lot of robberies. I've hit people over the head with, you know, man, it's, it's gone down. I have a lot of... uh I look forward to the day that I die because I can put a lot of these secrets to rest. You know what I mean? It's like, there's just things that it's hard. And I understand that everybody out there, especially the, the listeners and a lot of people in this world, they, they've never seen darkness. They've never truly lived in the shadows or walked with the demons. You know what I mean? And it's, it's one thing I was telling my lady was talking like just watching somebody get robbed at gunpoint and just like, 
it's different, man. When somebody pulls a gun on you and you're looking at the barrel, it's different when you pull a gun on somebody else and you control the barrel. Like, these things are real. This shit is not something from a movie, and it's nothing like what you see in the movie. What you see in the movie, you have no emotional attachment to. When it's you in the in the moment, there is nothing like it. You get, People have no no idea, and I think that that's good. But at the same time, I mean, keep living in your bubble, but be careful talking shit because there's some real people out here. I realize that on the road when people cut me off or something, and, you know, people realize real quick. You can you can flip me off or something, but once I get alongside you and people, when we look eye to eye, you're you realizing that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you home. Like this is not this is not a joke. I'm not here to flip you off and do this. Like we're here to handle business. I'm not a I'm not a riff raff. I'm not gonna sit here and talk crazy with you. If you want to talk crazy, I'm not turning my back on you. But at the same time, I got other stuff to do. I got things to do. If you want to box, let's go. I'll, I'll smash your face. Um, Ryan Clark, I already know. I've been calling that for out since he said, I'm sick of tired and sick of tired of white people coming out here using Martin Luther King. If all men are created equal, I got the equal right to say it. Motherfucker, what's up? You got a problem? Come see me, bro. Come see me. I'll smash his face, bro. Like All these people will get it. Uh, I love it. And uh, people know I was in MMA. I love fighting. I've been in karate since I was young youngster. Um, definitely been over a hundred street fights. Easy. Been stabbed. Been shot at many times. It's 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 real out here. It's real. We used to be the feared ones at these house parties out here, man. Um, we've definitely got kicked out of house parties. It just it's wild, man. Love those days. Um, I, I wasn't scared of anything. It didn't matter. If you you about it, I'm about it. But that's why I say I'm proud of who I am today. Um, and I can say that because. I look around, you know, I look around and I see what I'm able to help people. And it's been amazing. You know, it's been amazing just being able to help people instead of people trying to help me. And I remember when I was living out of my van, you know, and I didn't have anything. Man, I was showering out of, I fill up my water bottle, my water jug when I went over to my buddy's house with his hose. And I'd use that same water to like do my little shower out of my hand with a little bar of soap that I kept in the van and then brush my teeth and things. And it was it was real out there, man. Definitely started, you know, you start growing funguses and shit in weird places. You start getting athlete's foot, and you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do about this shit? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man. So life, man, don't talk to me about it. You know what I mean? I've been there. I've been there. But it's a trip because I had my mom over, like I was saying, and she was talking, and she was just talking about when we were younger and how my brother and I used to run around with holy jeans. And I still have holy jeans. I have holy work jeans in the other room, but I, I don't even think about it. Uh, something bad you know i just they're just holy jeans and she was like you were the only kids like that would like go to school with like these holy holy jeans and i don't know if she even said i was the only kid but i know i was the only kid but i didn't really care i didn't think nothing about it and um i did have a lot of haters when i was young even my my so-called friends i went to his what what was it bachelor party or something and he even told me like dude i hated you as a kid like when we were in elementary school i hated you and it all makes sense now that I look back, man, I was a little ghetto ass kid with these big ass t-shirts and like holy jeans and just little ghetto motherfucker just running around having a good time. I always like was a smiley kid and I was always messing with the girls and running around kicking balls and just acting a fool. I was always full of energy and man, I love it. I love it. I'm definitely when people hang out with me, I'm just energy, energy boy It's just is live. I love it, and the holy jeans, man. My mom was just telling me about when my stepdad bought my stepsister a, like, $200 pair of shoes, and she was like, dude, like, help my kids out. Like, my kids are wearing holy jeans to school. Can you, like, buy them some clothes maybe today? And it was just like, that wasn't his place. He's not responsible for that, I don't feel. Um, especially, you know, he just he married my mom. I don't feel like he had to buy us school clothes, especially because we were confident or we were comfortable in what we were in. 
I remember going, you know, when we lived in the hotels with my mom and stepdad and our school shopping was basically the hotel would let us in this room with a bunch of garbage bags full of clothes that came out of the rooms and we would just go through the bags and I would find like independent shirts and things like that. They would already be gray, you know, faded to the point where they were like gray already, but these are skate shirts. I never had skate shirts. So these were like gold to me. I, I loved them. I wore them every freaking day. And it was funny because they were all just like faded, super faded, super old and never had new shirts, but I didn't care. I was, I was happy with my shirts. Like I had them. And to me, that was like, it had value. And to other people, it was probably like, look at this little ghetto motherfucker. He's, his shirts aren't even black. They're all gray. Like, it's been washed so many times. Oh, man. It was good days. It was good days. It wasn't until I was in middle school and I remember the girl asking me, like, don't you have another pair of pants? And I was like, no. Like, she was like, I noticed you wear the same pair all the time. And I was like, I had two pair of pants. One was a size 38. And granted, today I'm like a size 32. One, when I was, you know, in middle school, almost the same size, um, I wore a 38 and my other pair of pants was a size 46 and it had a reflective strip down the side. So everybody knew when I wore those 46s, one, they were twice my size and two, I had a reflective strip and three, they were so, they were so faded that they were not even considered blue jeans at that point. They were like white blue jeans or you know, light blue jeans or something. I don't know, but it was, it was, it was funny, but I never cared. Like I would wear the same jean I wasn't tripping. We would, um, our shoe shopping, my dad would take us to a place where we'd get three pairs of shoes for 20 bucks. They would be like Nikes, but like the upside down things or, you know, something generic and knocked off. But, you know, it was, it was, was it what it was? We didn't care. And I think that's why a lot of people, as I like look back, people probably didn't like accept me into different social groups. But like I said, I always sold weed. So I would be around each and every group, but I never really hung out with a certain group. Everybody knew me. But nobody really like was my boys. Um, my dog Russell Chang and a couple couple of little ghetto motherfuckers that you know over the years we've definitely fallen off. But those are those are my dogs back then. But we were just hustling. We were always out there looking for something. You know, we were all we were always trying to make money and just navigating life uh, from where we were. And we were in the gutter, so we were trying to make it. We we had gutter mindsets. It was all mindset, and it was just I don't even think like they do now. If I was in that. You know, if I was even in that predicament, all I need is the internet and I can make it better, you know, and it's, I think that the, the internet is a great tool, a great equalizer, a great thing that we should all be using, um, to the full potential. Damn, I need to wrap this thing up. I need to go on to work. Oh man. So with that being said, I do want to just get back and, you know, just perspective folks, just be thankful for what we got, man. We got more than we need and man, it's good, man, it's good. That bring me back to my poker tournament. I had this, not my poker mint. Let me let me rephrase that. The poker tournament, um, because this thing is basically this weekend. It's belonging. Lemmings are, are throwing in a prize. The at Lemmings NFT. Let's go, baby. They're throwing in a uh, poker lemming, which looks dope, man. Awesome lemming. They're gonna throw in as a prize for this one. Um, on Saturday at three p.m. Pacific. Check my social media. I'll put another post up there today. Um, just letting everybody know and going over it once again. That's and that just comes down to a passion, man. When my stepdad was around, when I was like twelve years old, we used to go on Ultimate Bet. He would transfer me money over and just, you know, put money in my account, and I get to gamble. And he'd be at the computer, I'd be at another computer. We're playing poker, and we're just you know gambling. It was, it was fun days, man. I had a lot of fun back then, and I'm trying to just carry it on. I love doing what I'm passionate about. I love playing poker. Um, it's very fun to me. And poker tournaments, man. That's what I. That's 
Right now, we get, we're getting that following up there, man. The following is definitely getting up there. A lot of more people involved in the poker scene um, that I'm just connecting with day after day, day after day. It just comes with socializing. I wish that I was in Discord more and bouncing around Twitter and just finding more people. But with that being said, I you know, it, just be genuine, be true. Um, I had some homies release a, a little music thing, and they just, it's very odd. It's very odd. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to speak on it too much just because I'll be promoting their shit, but it's like they, they name their title in a situation um, that is very compromising and like gangster and like almost like when you have somebody like, you know what I mean, gaffled up, you know what I mean? And it's like the people that are making it, nobody's ever gaffling shit up. When when fights happen, these dudes, they should be naming it bathroom breaks because instead of coming out and fighting with the crew as people are getting jumped like my brother and people are stabbing people in the necks and it's going down and there's blood everywhere, other fools inside with their girl talking about get in the bathroom, get in the bathroom. And then these fools want to come out and make a track and make it sound like they're going to like gaffle somebody. No, man, come on, man. Call this shit bathroom break. You know what I mean? Just be genuine, folk. Just be who you are. People will accept you. Um, when you're out there trying to fake, you know, fake the funk, it'll get your ass beat. I'm from the, the spot where if you go in these little concerts and you be talking crazy and talking hard and somebody going to check you. You definitely, somebody going to test your gangster. That's the way that it's put around here. Somebody is going to test your gangster. I guarantee it. You will get smacked up and you will be find your place. This, the act shit will, it's going to come out. It will definitely come out. Um I think it's, you know, it's been out there for sure. Everybody's seen Dr. Dre and he, he thought he was, you know, he wanted to be the gangster scene. I always thought it was weird and just, God damn, uh, entertainment. That's entertainment, folks. We let the entertainment industry be the entertainment industry. But, man, R.I.P. Young Dolph, man, R.I.P. Young Dolph. That's all I can say. He was, you can tell, he was a real one in the in the in the hood. I'm not sure exactly what he got into or whatever, but he pissed somebody off and there's real shit in the hood, man. It's really going down out here. It really goes down. People are dying, getting shot at. It's real. It is real. Poker tournament, man. Hope to see y'all Saturday. Uh, check in with me. Nipple Whiskers podcast. Find me on social. Um, subscribe where you get your podcast. Definitely appreciate y'all. Be coming to y'all. Definitely. This weekend, I'm dropping another one. I got somebody coming through. We're going to get some on here. Got a guest and maybe two. Hey, I love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Nipple Whiskers. I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one. One.